invite you to remain standing a moment longer. Uh, We'll be reading from Luke's Gospel this morning, the first chapter, verses 39 through 45. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greetings, the child leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So during our Advent series, uh, the word this week is welcome. And I think for many of us here today, that seems fitting. As a matter of fact, you have probably been making your own preparations for the kinds of welcome you're going to have perhaps in your own home. Hopefully that includes uh, the coming again of, of the baby Jesus, but certainly uh, many of you have probably been uh, preparing food, uh, gifts, other kinds and means of the ways that you have uh, traditionally uh, celebrated the Christmas season. But I think it's also uh, important for us to note that there are many of us, uh, probably more so now as we begin to acknowledge uh, the pain Uh, the loneliness, the anxiety that many experience during this season uh, is it is becoming more and more common. People aren't as often afraid to say, I just struggle to be a person of joy during this season, for whatever reason that might be. could be a challenge in the workplace, uh, broken or breaking relationships, uh, death or great sickness during the season. Many of us have these kinds of anxieties and really struggle and sometimes feel guilted uh, uh, that we can't celebrate in the ways maybe that we once did or perhaps in the ways that we hoped we could. Uh, this season, I, I'm struck uh, that, that in the Advent season as we go through these steps of preparation that we have before us in Luke's Gospel this story of young Mary. Uh, Mary, who at this point in the in the story is pregnant, uh, she is not yet married to Joseph, uh, but the angel Gabriel has come to Mary, uh, and with those words that we see the angels quite often using, don't be afraid, uh, but sharing with Mary God's plan that the Holy Spirit would come upon her and conceive in Mary this teenage, unmarried, if you will, woman, young woman, Uh, to have a baby who was going to be the Savior of the world. Now, friends, I can't imagine uh, an angel coming to me if I were a woman and and, and laying that kind of responsibility on me. Uh, I don't know how you see Mary. Of course, we like to celebrate the fact that she responds in faith, but I also want her to have this this opportunity during this week of welcome uh, that Mary must have been overwhelmed. Uh, maybe some days with joy, but perhaps on other days with great anxiety and fear. And maybe, just perhaps maybe, that Mary could feel that experience that so many of us have, anxious fear. 
uh, fear nonetheless. What's next? What does that mean for me? Because in the world, uh, we certainly uh, can uh, can understand how Mary was going to be, tre- be treated uh, in her community. Uh, first off, for being pregnant, and as the months go along, starting to show signs of pregnancy, when neighbors and even family know that she hasn't been married, and in the Jewish custom, that is a no-no. As a matter of fact, that could lead to a, a death by stoning. So Mary has that to wrestle with. Uh, the angel has given her God's plans. You're, you're going to have this uh, son. Uh, you're going to name him Jesus, for he is going to save the world. Uh, and so we, we can begin to understand, I think, how Mary must have been stressed out. Many years ago when I was a D.A.R.E. officer and teaching young kids uh, how strategies, how to overcome temptations to use drugs, what we would tell them is, is from the, the time man can remember, uh, we, we have this as humans, we have this response uh, in us, it's part of the human DNA, and we called it fight or flight. That, that's a response that every human has. Some of you here today have experienced that. You can name that. You can say, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Something happened in my life or in front of me, and I had this choice of whether to, to fight or flee, fight or flight. Uh, and, and in the hope of those uh, kids teaching them how to uh, resist these temptations to use drugs, uh, the hope was that if you couldn't flee, that you could somehow, through advanced preparation, you could be prepared with some, some good responses on, on how to resist those temptations. Well... I think because Mary also uh, has human DNA like you and I do, she could have been experiencing that same kind of fight or flight. What does she do? She she's pregnant. Uh, you know, she she didn't have much to do with that other than to uh, than to to, to say yes uh, to what the angel Gabriel was telling her was God's plan. Uh, but maybe in her preparation to to welcome the Christ child into the world, maybe. Maybe she needs to go in that preparation, part of, of, of addressing this. Maybe she needs to go to her relative Elizabeth. Now this is no easy trip, friends. Uh, uh, we're Zechariah and Elizabeth live is about a 80 to 100 miles away uh, from where Mary is in Nazareth. Uh, so it's a treacherous trip, if you will, especially for an unwed pregnant mother. Now, likely she traveled by caravan, but we don't know if she gave any kind of advance warning uh, to Elizabeth. The story doesn't seem to indicate that because uh, she hears uh, Mary entering her home. Uh, so we don't know if there was that advanced preparation. We know there were no cell phones, no telephones, no landlines. Uh, you know, probably didn't send a Christmas card or anything like that to tell uh, Elizabeth uh, that she was coming, but she needed to have that connection. Because, you see, the story that precedes what I read to you today, Mary is told that Elizabeth, who is aging, was also pregnant with a child. And so maybe it was in that special connection with her her relative that lived 80 to 100 miles away, maybe that's how she would, would better prepare herself for her own pregnancy. How many of you send Christmas? I've got a Christmas card story I want to share with you. Pastor Melvin Newland uh, shares this Christmas card story uh, that, w- that showed up in the Denver Post several years ago. There was a man in Salt Lake City, Utah, who was uh, uh, curious about uh, what people did with their Christmas cards that they received. So uh, uh, this man 
uh, got some phone directories from some neighbor. This is back when addresses were fully there in, in phone directories. This ages the story a little bit. So this man takes these uh, telephone directories and he sends 600 anonymous Christmas cards to people randomly, just picked out of the telephone directories of surrounding communities. What amazed this man was there were 117 returned cards from the 600 random people that this man had picked out. So one of the cards said, good to hear from you. I just got out of the hospital and you don't know how much it means to me to hear from a long lost friend. Well, wow. Just the randomness of, of sending a card out and somebody thinks a long lost friend. Can you imagine in people's minds how God is putting people together and how, how that might help this person's healing process? Another card came back from another person that sent it and, and he said, I, I have to admit that it took us a while to really picture who you were. But when we did, we, 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 we rekindled those friendships. And by the way, how is your father doing? We remember him as just the, the best of men. And the man said that the third most surprising, probably the most surprising, but the third one that came back was another acknowledgement that said, you know what? Life is full of twists and turns. And, and, and we're coming to Salt Lake City next summer. And we would like to get together with you again for a few days. <laughs> Friends, again, Christmas cards, I'm not trying to discourage you because they are so meaningful in a number of ways. But it points to this notion that life is filled with twists and turns. We don't know how the actions, the things that we do, speak to people. When, when I talk to the kids here and encourage them to be those messengers of love with simple things that don't cost us anything, we just don't know how that touches people's lives and hearts. I mean, God is coming into the world in unexpected ways. I mean, that's part of this season of Advent. Prepare the way. And we prepare to receive Christ and Christ's comings. Babe in Bethlehem. Christ and the promised return when everything that's gone awry in the world is put straight. When, when Christ comes in the clouds and, and the trumpet's blowing and everything is restored and the people of faith are, are brought together and, and, and the dead in Christ rise and, and all things are great. But also those everyday comings of Jesus into our lives to remind us of the love God has for us, the love that we see in His Son, Jesus the Christ. So we have these opportunities to, to experience God in these twists and turns, if you will, always remembering that even when we are not faithful, God is. God is faithful to God's promise to always be with us. God doesn't promise to take away the twists and turns in the road. But God says you and I are to prepare the way because God is going to make those twists and turns ultimately straight paths until this rich love that God has for us. And along the way, we find ways to welcome God into our lives. And here's young Mary, perhaps dealing with this unimaginable load in her life. She goes to her relative, we, we think they're cousins, uh, to Zechariah, in Elizabeth's home. And by the way, the story also tells us that Zechariah had been a priest in the temple. And when the angel Gabriel had, had told Zechariah that he and his aging wife were also going to be parents, he had trouble believing. And the angel said, look, you're going to be mute until you do believe. And so from that point on, the priest Zechariah couldn't communicate with the people. 
But he knew the story that the angel had told him. In that moment, when young Mary, we think three months into her pregnancy, when she comes in to the home of Elizabeth and Zechariah, when Elizabeth's own baby jumps in her womb, she knows for sure that Mary is bearing the Son of God in her womb. And so she feels this jump for joy from the baby who will grow up to be John the Baptist. And tragically, we know how John the Baptist and Jesus, how their lives end in, in, in horrific ways. But thanks be to God, whose love never ends, whose love does not fail us, that that's not the end of life. So we offer this opportunity to prepare our lives to not just get wrapped up, pardon the pun, in the exchange of our Christmas gifts with family, but to make room in our hearts once again for this Jesus who is salvation from God, this Jesus who brings us to an unimaginable life even if we are feeling low, even if we've lost our self-esteem, even if we're struggling with health or relationships, God hasn't forgotten us. But we have this opportunity to see what young Mary is doing. To see that young Mary continues to celebrate the life in her. Yes, the new life in the baby Jesus, but also a new life in God as she experiences this great, great hope. Bruce Larson tells a, a story uh, of, a, of a church a few years ago. Uh, the pastor of the church had become aware of a family who was very uh, uh, on hard times, uh, was needy. And, and the pastor just on a Sunday morning during the Advent season suggested that, that this family didn't even own a Christmas tree. And it would be just a really great gift if, if someone could, could do this. And so after the service, a father with a family approached the pastor and said, you know, Pastor, give me, give me that address. We'll, we'll get a Christmas tree. I'll put it in my truck and we'll drive it to them. So the pastor gave them the address of this family. Uh, they, it was in a, a mountain setting and on the way, Christmas tree in the back, this father and his son, uh, driving their, their, their truck, uh, there's a rock slide and a boulder hits this truck, uh, totals out the truck, uh, the, the, the damage, uh, causes injury to the man's son who's with him. He's bleeding. And uh, no, no way to get help. Uh, up in the mountains, there's no phone service, there's nothing. And the man said at least 200 cars passed by as he tried to wave them down for help. And finally, a car stopped and a couple got out. Uh, a cu the couple helped uh, treat the, the, the bleeding wound of the son, uh, gave them a ride and, and, and took the young boy to the hospital. And, and the man said, in all that time I was with this couple, I never got their name. I don't know anything about them other than their act of kindness. The story goes on to say the boy's wounds healed quickly. The truck uh, got to the body shop and within a week it was repaired. Back at church, the pastor said, you know, we tried to get this family a Christmas tree, but, but now we, we have some food that have been collected. Will somebody, the father said, we'll, we'll make the trip again. Knocks on the door of the house. Who answers the door? The couple. It had stopped to help them. We don't know how God works out this plan. God asked that question just last night. We don't know the fine details, but we do know that God works in unexpected ways, most often in unexpected people, to bring about 
this great story, this ever unfolding story of God's love. Friends, I don't know where you see yourself in God's plan. But if you are constantly saying no, if your heart has grown hardened, I hope that the great light that we celebrate coming into the world in Jesus Christ will be able to burn through or at least start burning through that scar tissue so that you might be a part of God's plan here on this earth. We have the opportunity to welcome Christ coming into our lives, into our churches, into this very world. And I hope, I pray that we can all have the courage and the fortitude to say, yes, come Christ, come. We're coming to His table here in just a moment. A sign of God's continuing grace in our lives, an opportunity to experience once again tangible gift of God's love for us as we share in the body and blood of our Christ. Jesus, who is the Son of God, the Son of Man, the Prince of Peace, the mighty everlasting God, wonderful Counselor everlasting. In the name of the Father, and in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen.